Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, heavenly dove, with all thy quickening power. Come shed abroad a Savior's love that it may kindle ours. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the 1950s children's book series, Little Bear, Mother Bear tries to put Little Bear to bed, but Little Bear can't sleep. He's busy wishing. Mother Bear asks him, what are you wishing for? And he shares his dreams with his mom. I wish that I could sit on a cloud and fly all around. I wish that I could find a Viking boat and sail away. I wish I had a big red car and it would go fast, fast to a castle where I would meet a princess who would say, have some cake. And on and on, Little Bear went dreaming. And with each of his far-fetched wishes in the book, his mother re replied sweetly, you can't have that wish right now, my little bear. And then finally, he said, I wish a mother bear would come to me and would say, would you like to hear a story? And mother bear said, well, maybe you can have that wish. Thank you, says little bear. That is what I really wanted the whole time. So mother bear sits little bear down on her lap and says, and what kind of story would you like to hear? And little bear says, tell me about me. Tell me about me. Isn't that in some way what all of us want when our wishing is done? No matter where our adventures have taken us or whatever wildly incredible or ordinary things we have done with our lives, at the end of the day, what we want is to be seen and known by someone who has taken enough notice to tell us about us. Perhaps that sounds wildly egocentric and selfish. Tell me about me. Tell me why I matter. Tell me what makes me blessed or holy or worthy or lovable. But I wager that whether it sounds self-centered or not, each of us at some point in our lives has longed to be made known and seen and loved. Whether you've spent your whole life working to make something of yourself, or you've spent hours doing drills on the practice field so you'd be noticed by the coach and put in for the game, or you've dressed up hoping that special someone would notice you across the room, or you've acted out at school to get your teacher's attention. There are so many ways that we are all trying to matter, to be noticed, to know that someone else has taken note of our very existence and thought that it was worthy of time and care. Alicia, a mother of five, was playing with her youngest daughter at the park. And her daughter kept shouting, see me, see me, mama, when she sat at the top of the slide ready to come down. And she yelled again, see me, mama, see me, as she pumped her legs on the swing. Each time the mother waved an acknowledgement or gave a smile or a hug when she got to the bottom of the slide. She had done this routine many times for her four children before, always with love. 
At the time, she didn't think much of her youngest's plea or that it was any different than her other children. Watch me, watch me, her first four had demanded. But looking back on it, she said, my daughter's unusual word choice was more than a matter of mere linguistics. It was the cry of a fifth-born heart. She wanted not just to be watched, but to be seen. The kind of seeing that wasn't a matter of seeing with your eyes, but seeing with your heart. The psalmist's prayer this morning is one of gratitude to a God who doesn't just watch us, but sees us. And throughout the prayer, the psalmist does this beautifully ironic thing. In the course of trying to get God's attention with a prayer, in the course of trying to get Mama God to tell me about me, like Little Bear, the psalmist ends up telling God about God, as if God needed reminding. O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my paths and my lying down. You're acquainted with all my ways. There is a remarkable confidence in the psalmist's prayer. Even if no one else in the world knows or understands me, God sees me and knows me and loves me. Gosh, that's good news. But there are, of course, two sides to being seen. If God is acquainted with all my ways, then God sees not just the good parts of me, but the ugly ones as well. The things I regret, the words I wish I could take back, the things I have done that hurt people I love, the times I chose myself over my neighbor. When we search ourselves like the psalm describes, perhaps being seen and known doesn't exactly feel like good news. This psalm is sometimes called a prayer to an inescapable God. But what if we want to escape? What if we feel ashamed and don't want to be seen? And if God sees and knows my words even before they're on my lips, then does that mean that God is just up there pulling the strings like some kind of divine puppeteer? Whether those questions ring true for you or not, the psalmist this morning isn't concerned with those things. The psalmist is singing with joy to a God who has created us, called us good, and covenanted to be with us and for us, no matter what. In the psalmist's words, we hear echoes of that divine promise, I will be your God and you will be my people. In the psalm, we're reminded of the risen Christ's promise, and lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. God's covenant commitment to be with us does not mean that God determined what we wore to church this morning or knew we wanted French toast for brunch before we looked at the menu ourselves. It doesn't mean that God changes God's mind about loving us when we mess up or falter. God made us free to plot our own course, make our own mistakes, and even try to hide from God when we feel ashamed. But when we try to hide... The distance we feel is about who we are, not about who God is. Because the psalmist reminds us that there is nowhere we can go, 
not even the depths of darkness itself, that God is not present, ready to greet us and love us and redeem us. You know, God spends a lot of time throughout Scripture making and keeping promises. And it's one thing to hear God's promises on a macro scale, right? God made a covenant with Adam and Eve to provide for them in the garden. God made a covenant with Noah never to destroy the earth. God made a covenant with Abraham that God's people would have a future and generations more numerous than the stars. God made a covenant with Moses that God would be with the people who keep God's commandments. God made a covenant through Christ that each of us and the whole world would be redeemed and made new through him. But the promises we hear in the psalm take all of these global covenants and bring them down to our level. All of these cosmic-sized covenants we hear throughout Scripture They're about you. They're about me. They're about a God whose saving and sanctifying work happens through individual hearts and individual lives on the most intimate level. The psalm celebrates a God who takes notice not just of creation on a global scale, but of each of us who have been knit together in our mother's wombs as beloved children, fearfully and wonderfully made. Our sovereign God, who is free to do as he wills, loves the world enough to create and care for each of us, so that whether we're the fifth or the fiftieth or the five billionth person vying for God's attention, when we cry, see me, see me, God, God has already taken notice with loving care. It strikes me that when we celebrate the sacraments, we take the same approach as the psalm does this morning. The prayers that Emma and Amanda and I offer as pastors, we spend a lot of time recalling the promises of God. Not because God needs reminding, but because we do. We come to the font like we did for Parker just a few minutes ago because we need the tangible reminder that the God who hovered over the waters of creation, calmed the stormy seas, and delivered the Israelites through the waters, claims each of us as beloved children of God through the waters of baptism. We come to the table like we will in just a few minutes, because we need the tangible reminder in bread and cup that the God who provided manna in the wilderness and broke bread with sinners and saints alike nourishes us at Christ's table where all are welcome and seen and known. We participate in the sacraments because, like the psalmist, we need to hear again and again the promises of God in order to feel seen. We participate in the sacraments as a way to experience and remember a God who will never forget us or forsake us. We participate in the sacraments as a way to embed those promises on our hearts so that when all comes to an end, we can know in the depths of our being that God is still with us that God's promises are true. 
When Ayumi found out that she had Alzheimer's, there were lots of things to worry about and much to be afraid of. The slow loss of her sense of orientation to the world around her left her frustrated. First, it was the names that went, names of her neighbors, names of her grandchildren, sometimes the names of her two daughters or her only son. Then one day the streets began to go, the stark, narrow one, the shortcut to the schoolyard where the children used to wait, fidgety and hungry, racing at the sight of her. Then the route to the drugstore, the turn past the post office, the short, leafy distance to the bakery that had shelves of that cinnamon bread she liked, lightly buttered on rainy afternoons. Over time, her neighbors began finding her strolling up and down the road, peering into windows she could recognize but could no longer place. Sometimes they found her at the bus stop, considering the direction of her home, which was on no bus route. And each time, the neighbors would take her by the elbow and guide her home. And it was in that gentle guidance of those neighbors' arms that she witnessed God's promises ring true. For when she could no longer remember the people around her or the places that mattered or who she was, it was then, especially then, that she knew that what mattered in the end was not her successes or her failures, not her greatest talents or her wildest dreams, but the fact that she was known and loved by others and by God who had taken divine notice in her, who would never forget her or forsake her. And when she could no longer narrate her own life, she could crawl up in God's lap and say, tell me about me. And her divine mama bear could smile and say, I think I can grant that wish. And like the little bear, she could respond, thank you. That's all I really wanted in the end. Amen.